This is M.I.P. With Masamela Mafuma. Mark Thompson. Get woke. Ladies and gentlemen, of course, all of you can tell one of my favorite publications is ProPublica. I hope you'll make it yours as well. They're doing the type of journalism that is sorely um, missing. We seldom see anymore. Um, and it's important investigative journalism and it's extensive journalism. They're not just doing it for, you know, a certain number, under a certain number, we're in limit to get a certain number of whatever, but um, it's really in depth. We have been talking a great deal about this whole suppression of critical race theory, which really means more than that. It's a suppression of uh, multicultural learning, um, history in a different lens. We know we need that in America for the sake of diversity. And so joining us today to talk about it, his piece is entitled Muzzled by DeSantis, Critical Race Theories, Critical Race Theory Professors Cancel Courses or Modify Their Teaching. Daniel Golden joins us from ProPublica. Daniel, Happy New Year. How are you, buddy? Very well. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to have you. Um, so you took a look at this individual. It's called the Individual Freedom Act, correct, in Florida? Is that what it's called? Yeah, that's right. I mean, DeSantis often calls it the Stop Woke Act, but yeah, officially it's either HB7 or the Individual Freedom Act. Now, at the moment, isn't there a court injunction in place? Is that still in place? Yes, there is. Uh, the federal court has... Uh, stayed the implementation of the law on the grounds that it's uh constitutes censorship and uh the state is is has appealed to the 11th circuit uh which is somewhat conservative so we'll see what they have to say and you know it could end up going to the supreme court i would guess now this this is a suit filed against the individual freedom act or the stop woke act a, a suit filed by whom uh, this is a suit filed by some of the advocacy groups in the in the state. There have been a number of suits filed. One was by the faculty union, but I don't think this is a faculty union one. I think it's a different uh, free speech group. Okay. Now, you talked with um, several professors at Florida University. Uh, one, um, Jonathan Cox at University of Central Florida. He's one that canceled his class, did he not? That's right. Well, he canceled two classes that had to do with uh, race. And uh, in addition, another professor in the sociology department at UCF canceled a class with the result that this past fall uh, of all the, the sociology department at UCF, which is Florida's largest university by enrollment, did not offer a single class on race. And uh, of course, race is a very important topic. And sociology departments normally are the place where it's, it's, it's discussed most often. So this was kind of shocking. And the chairman of the department described it as an absolute tragedy that UCF sociology students could not take any courses on race last semester. Now, this was before the, the court order. So the professors were very worried that uh, by teaching about race, they might be uh, exposed to lawsuits or lose their jobs, particularly Cox, who doesn't have tenure, so he doesn't have job security. Yeah, yeah. Um... And I, I think you also quoted him as saying one of the fears, and this is one of the aspects of the law, isn't it? You can be reported for teaching about race, whether you're actually by someone who's may or may, may or may not even be in the class, right? 
anybody can just look at the curriculum and say, hey, this is what's going on over here. That can happen. And also Florida passed another law uh, under DeSantis, which said that students can uh, record the professor's lectures in order to file a complaint about political bias. So a lot of the professors there, not just Cox, are worried that students might be recording lectures. And some of them have switched from a lecture format to a discussion format, which you can't record a discussion because it would involve recording other students. And that's not allowed without their consent in Florida. So, uh, yeah, they're they're quite uh, vulnerable. And, uh, you know, the, the law directly in Florida directly targets what Cox would have been teaching. Because the law says um, you can't teach about, you have to teach that racial colorblindness is a virtue. You can't teach that it's racist. But in sociology classes, uh, one of the most common things that they teach nowadays is, uh, you know, what's called colorblind racism, which is basically the idea that policies like might not say that they're about race, but they really are. They might be ostensibly race neutral. So like, for example, voter ID laws or three strikes and you're out policies or right. or drug laws, they're about race gerrymandering. You know, they, they don't say, well, we're doing this for a racial purpose, but clearly they have a racial intent and impact. And that's what Cox would have taught about. But the law, you know, prohibits it. And that's why the classes were canceled. So this is a professor. I believe you also found that universities themselves are hamstrung in terms of defending professors, correct? Absolutely. Because, you know, these laws apply to public universities and public universities get state funding. And the administrators at the universities are scared that they'll lose uh, state funding if they uh, push back against these laws. So it's true in Florida. That's also true in in other states that have anti-CRT laws like Idaho. I mean, I did a earlier piece where I looked at Boise State University and the president there had come from UC Santa Cruz in California, which is, you know, quite a liberal place, totally unprepared for the assault by the legislators and just kind of rolled over. There's been a lot of caving by university administrators who are worried about jeopardizing their funding. You also, I also was intrigued by your reporting about the University of of Tennessee um, and their leadership saying to professors, I believe, that it would be up to the Republican attorney general in Tennessee to even allow the university to defend its own professors if any suit came up. That's absolutely right. Tennessee did tell its professors that a lot of the faculty were shocked. And uh, in fact, in the provost, when I asked them about this, they said, oh, well, you know, this is routine. But they also said that the provost didn't believe that the Tennessee law was any kind of threat to uh, free speech or the professor's uh, ability to teach what they want. And so uh, it's clear that the support for the professors at Tennessee is, is pretty lukewarm. And, uh, you know, if they get sued under the law, they'll, they'll be having to pay for private representation. Um, you also tell the story of a teacher, a professor, a sociologist, uh, at Florida State's College of Social Sciences and Public Policy, Chantel uh, Bugs, and and this is uh, a college that has only two tenured black faculty. She's trying to reach tenure. Talk to us about how this whole critical race theory 
issue has affected her. Well, Chantel, as you say, is an untenured sociologist at Florida State, and she's kind of a star. You know, she's a wonderful teacher. She's quite prominent in the field and the professional organizations. And so she, you know, felt she was very likely to get tenure. And she may still be very likely, but she's seen some warning signs that disturb her. So, for example, uh, she started a course there called Critical Race Theory, and uh, the department asked her to change the name of the course because, you know, right wing websites had identified this as one of the courses, you know, that they were targeting. And so uh, she agreed to change the name. They also um, asked her to postpone for a year her tenure consideration because um, they have a COVID-related extension. You could take a one-year extension. They asked her to do that. She thought she wouldn't need to. She thought she'd get tenure right away. They said, well, you know, you don't really have enough publications to qualify or it's not a guarantee down, you know, as this gets up to the university administration. But, you know, she detected that her chances were not, she wasn't the shoe in that she had expected to be. And we'll see. She comes up for tenure now you know, in the next academic year, and we'll, we'll see what happens. But it's led her to at least think about uh, looking for jobs outside Florida. Sure. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C., uh, you also chronicle the plight of one of our HBCUs, Florida A&M University. Um, what's the intersection between this critical race theory debate and Florida A&M? Well, what, the intersection I saw there is that critical race theory is about studying systemic racism in America, racism in, in laws, in policies, in, in, in institutions. And the right wing just says there is no systemic racism. What are you talking about? It's ridiculous. You know, I, I talked with Charlie Kirk, who runs uh, Turning Point USA, this conservative network on campuses. And he was speaking at Tallahassee when I was there. And he said, oh, you know, systemic racism is, is as absurd as flat earth theory. But in fact, I mean, you know, it seemed like systemic racism was right under his nose there in Tallahassee in the sense that you have Florida State there, which is this lush, beautiful campus. And then right across the railroad tracks is Florida A&M with, you know, rusted pipes and cracked sidewalks and, and a general sort of air of, you know, under being under-resourced. And students at Florida A&M are currently uh, suing the state, saying that it hasn't provided enough, uh, uh, you know, financial support for A&M uh, and that, you know, out of racial bias. And that, uh, for example, the criteria used in awarding funding include things like four-year graduation rates. Well, schools with a lot of low-income students 
generally have lower graduation rates. So, you know, you should take that into account if, you know, as a criterion. So, and I talked to some of those students who were plaintiffs in the case, and they said, you know, this, we love Florida A&M, but it's badly under-resourced. If we're in the science students said, you know, if we, we go into the lab, we generally can't finish our labs. We don't have the equipment. We have to go over to Florida State to finish our labs. So it's like the conservatives are living in one world and Charlie Kirk is saying, you know, systemic racism, that's ridiculous. It doesn't exist in this country. Why don't you just, you know, take a walk up the hill and look at Florida A&M and compare it to Florida State and then tell me what you think. And, and not only that, I mean, they will make the argument that critical race theory is necessary, as, as you quoted Kirk, there's no such thing as systemic racism. But critical race theory uh, is not it. What you just described, even in the very state of Florida, and we know others, we know other HBCUs that are suing states for the, you know, Maryland, big case in Maryland. Whereas there is systemic racism in the underfunding of HBCUs, Daniel, that's not critical race theory. That's that's critical race application. You know, that's the, that's the actually that's the thing that's funny about it. Y'all don't want to teach this, but just in this very area of education, if you if you say we're not going to talk about anything else in terms of critical race and how systemic racism is applied, any other aspect of life within the very system of education where you're trying to outlaw it and regulate it, it is there by application. That to me, right. that's the paradox of the whole thing. Yeah, absolutely. It, it documents the, the the theory, right? It's 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 evidence. It's 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 factual. The other thing is, you could say that a law like the Individual Freedom Act or the Stop Woke Law, whatever you want to call it, is in fact it's kind of a documentation of the systemic racism that the conservatives say doesn't exist, because it's an it's an effort by the legislature to stop discussion of these issues in the classroom in you know higher education. And so isn't that kind of systemic racism to say you can't discuss race relations in your sociology class? So uh, I think that um, it's clearly they don't really think that it, it's an absurd thing. It's just they just think that politically we think it's advantageous to call it that. And we don't want people, you know, we want to tell people not to talk about it. So, that you know, it's. I, you know, I, I went to Charlie Kirk's talk and I got in line. And I asked him the question. I said, you claim to be against censorship. You're, you claim to be in favor of free speech. How do you view these, uh, uh, you know, these laws in Florida that abridge the free speech of teachers trying to talk about systemic racism? And that's when he said, oh, it's not a free speech issue. It's a curriculum issue. It's just too so absurd to be included in the curriculum. You know, the, I, I think that response is absurd. Yeah, it is. And it shows how much we have devolved as a society um, here in the midst of uh, Dr. King, the anniversary of Dr. King's birthday. Um, you know, to have been in a fight for schools to have integration, for affirmative action to be put in place. And now it's like we got a big affirmative action case in front of the Supreme Court, by the way. So um, even in terms of, you know, actual learning, what's being taught in the classroom. Uh, it's it's not a good thing. You, it sounds like you've been you've been following this issue a little bit. Is that something you're going to continue to do? Yeah, I hope to. I'm looking now for you know where else should I write about what what fresh angles are there to to follow. And you know, I, I wrote about Idaho. I wrote about Florida. I might take a look at another state. We'll see. It's uh, I'm I'm still 
seeing what tips I get and where, where, you know, my, my instincts might lead me. It, it, folks, it's also important to acknowledge just before we go, what Daniel's doing, because there is, there has been some speculation and some school of thought, and we know this has happened with other issues, what I'm about to say, uh, where the CRT blow up was something, particularly in Virginia, it was something that was escalated for the purpose of winning elections. And then sometimes this stuff goes away. But as Daniel is chronicling, uh, that's not the case in all these states. Some folk are still holding on to this anti-CRT kind of agenda. Uh, and, it's, and it's not just in an election cycle. Absolutely. I mean, I think that some people maybe in the progressive camp felt, oh, this is just, uh, you know, something, a talking point. It's political theater. It's not really having an impact on the ground. But, you know, my sense in Florida is, yeah, DeSantis wants to actually have an impact on, you know, at what's happening at universities. I mean, he seems to be doubling down. It's not just rhetoric. I mean, he, with this new college, another institution in Florida, he just completely revamped the board of trustees to put in all conservatives. He wants to turn it into a, a bastion of conservative thought. I mean, this is uh, this is a real part of their agenda. I think they feel like if we can get some votes by talking about it, we'll get even more votes by actually doing it. Right. So, uh, and I think if if DeSantis or somebody like him wins the presidency in 2024, you'll probably see executive orders that try and apply what's happened in Florida or Idaho to uh, the whole country. Yeah, yeah, that, that's, that's scary. So folks, that's why we must be vigilant. And that's why we need the kind of uh, journalism that Daniel is offering vis-a-vis -vis ProPublica, uh, real journalism, uh, reporting these, these facts and doing this type of investigative, providing this type of investigative evidence. Um, Daniel, we thank you. And folks, for the record, let the record reflect that um, I had, Daniel's in Boston. We were talking about this before we opened our mics. Um, I had a, a Red Sox on the show and we got along nicely. <laughs> I was, Dan, I've been nice and polite, haven't I? I've, been, I've treated you, have I treated you well? Absolutely, you couldn't have treated me any better if I was a Yankee fan. <laughs> I appreciate that. Uh, 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 and, and, you know, we, sh we shared some, some notes with each other for both our teams, so we'll be fine. Daniel, look forward to more uh, reporting on this. And, and actually, I'm, I'm working with a, a group that is getting more involved in chronicling um, some of the anti-CRT behavior in different school districts. I, when I get some more information, I may share that with you as well so you can uh, hear about some of the things I'm hearing about, okay? I, that'd be terrific. I love that. Thank you. Appreciate your uh, your vigilance uh, as a journalist. So we appreciate ProPublica. Check out once again Dan's piece, and we'll link to it everywhere uh, uh, alongside the show, folks. Uh, check it out. Muzzled by DeSantis, critical race theory. Professors cancel courses or modify their teaching at ProPublica.org. Thanks, Daniel. Thanks very much. Appreciate it. Take care. Thanks for getting woke and listening to Make It Plain. As always, perform an act of kindness on behalf of an elder or young person. Write a letter to a sister brother who just so happens to find her or himself incarcerated. Offer libations to the ancestors upon whose sturdy shoulders we all now stand. And above all, give thanks to the God of your understanding by whatever name you call her and him. All God asks of us is that we give each other love. Thanks for giving MIP love. And please remember to subscribe and give us a five-star rating. If all hearts and minds are clear, it has been made plain.